Hello, and welcome to Smooth Scaling, the podcast from Insight Partners that helps revenue leaders scale their software companies at every stage of growth. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan, and today I'm speaking with one of my friends, Clay Blanchard, formerly Vice President of Revenue Operations at Calibra, a data intelligence cloud provider. In addition, Clay has held senior revenue strategy roles at LinkedIn, where I originally met him, and at Salesforce. Well, Clay, great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Good to see you. As uh, listeners may be accustomed to by now, we dive pretty quickly into the meat of the podcast right off the bat. So I want you to reflect on your career and and share a story of a critical initiative that you've been involved with or led that had a major impact on revenue performance for the company you were at. Yeah, sure. Happy to, Jeremy. And I, I think my topic for today is all around TAM and segmentation, so total addressable market, which is the starting point, the jumping off point for building an effective sales coverage model. And when I arrived at Calibra, they didn't have a sophisticated TAM model. And I think a lot of companies are like this. They've they've purchased some third-party data, which are kind of rough estimates of spend. They're mostly modeled estimates. So, you know, they'll they'll take an IDG report or a Garten report with some high-level spend numbers, and then they'll apply some assumptions as to what portion of that market belongs to them. And they they tend to be okay for really early stage. If you're a really early stage business, then directionally correct is okay. But as you begin to scale and certainly as you get you know upwards of 200 million in revenues, that directionally correct modeled view of TAM really becomes insufficient to be able to really craft and refine your go-to-market strategy and your coverage model. So that's where Calibra was when when I joined and almost immediately we embarked on this project because there there is a lot of groundwork to be laid in order to do this effectively and to socialize it internally. To do this well and to do it right, it's not just an ops exercise. You need to bring all critical stakeholders along for the ride, make sure they're familiar and fluent, and gather their input. So I'll walk you through what we did at Calibra, and I, I think this model is extensible to, to, to many companies. It obviously departs, depends on your, your products and your revenue model, but, um, but I think it is pretty universal. So first of all, it all starts with the data. So you need to figure out you know, where your data is coming from, what data you're going to use. And I must admit it, I'm biased after having spent six years at LinkedIn. For most sectors, LinkedIn data is going to be some of the best data you can find at the user level. And for most SaaS businesses, building a TAM model that's based on user data is going to give you not only the most accurate and, and granular view of things, but it's also later going to allow you to cut your TAM in a number of different and interesting ways. When is the right time to shift from a basic analysis to a much more sophisticated user-based analysis? You mentioned sort of that $200 million number before, but if, if you had to ideally do it, when would you when would you start that? Yeah, I'm not sure there's a precise answer. It, it, it really relates to when are you going to start to scale your field sales organization because that's that that drives the need is when you're you're pushing more quota carrying bodies into the business you need to be more precise and more intentional with how you're allocating all those new resources 
the directional models are really just too crude. They're a very blunt instrument if you're starting to to drive a lot of scale in your field sales organization. So I would say, you know, certainly if you're getting upwards of 100 uh, sellers at that point, you really will want to be looking for a more sophisticated approach to your TAM because it's going to open up all kinds of new possibilities for how to structure your your coverage model. Some people think of TAM as something that you might do from, yes, bottoms up or top down. When you'd mentioned reports from analyst firms, I would assume that's most often top down, right? They might give you some forecasts for whatever cloud cloud spend or companies or amount of data in the cloud, whatever, and you model off of that using some assumptions? Most of them are tops down, or even the ones that are marketed as bottoms up have an aspect to them, which is I, I, I describe as a modeled view, you know, with a, with a bunch of assumptions. I think there's some, some firms out there that have some interesting spend data that they gar- gather from very various places. So HG Insights is an, is an example and they have some spend data and where where they can find it they they can actually get to how much each uh you know how much companies are spending on each vendor and i don't know maybe they do that some of that through survey work they don't, but they don't have they typically won't have a complete view and so some of it will be modeled and then some some of the the market estimates out there are completely like 90% modeled and those ones obviously you know just if if you want to go down a level or two in altitude and begin to cut by different dimensions they just don't you won't get any of that that's helpful thank you and so that that actually naturally segues back to the dimensions that you had just been talking about before i i had those clarifying questions yeah, yeah, no that. So, you know, start with the data and LinkedIn has hundreds, probably thousands of titles uh, of people on their platform. And so that exercise is is quite a, a a significant undertaking to kind of look through all of those titles and really parse the ones that you think are relevant and are true target users. If you do that homework, you can get to a very granular very targeted definition of your target market. That's why I love it. So once once you've done that work, though, within Sales Insights, you can then use that definition and you can see how many of those users sit at any given company. Obviously, this is incredibly valuable because now you've got user numbers at the account level and those can begin to inform your coverage model. So that's really step one is, is the data, is the underlying foundational data work to build your TAM. The other part it's worth mentioning is, so you've got user numbers. So the other thing, of course, you need in order to get to a dollar figure is, okay, what's my, you know, what's my average spend per user, average price per user? And that's where you, you can, depending on your revenue model and your product set, there can be, you know, a body of work there to, to say like, hey, at any given, you know, I'm looking at company XYZ, they have 500 potential users. How do I translate that into a dollar figure given my product set and my pricing today? I typically recommend that folks, when, when they're thinking about the dollar figure, TAM should be aspirational in nature. And so the question you should be asking is, if the stars aligned and I sold everything I have 
to every potential user at the company, what would that look like? So, so that, that's obviously, it's very seldom that you truly get somebody who goes all in on your suite, certainly, certainly at the beginning of their journey with you. But it's still helpful to know the full potential and use that. And, and you're, you're using the same bar for every account. So what's the full potential if they bought everything we have, every user deployed a license? So that gives us our, our, you know, our dollar figure and our user number at the account level. And so then you can begin to start to look at the dynamics of your market. And there's lots of different dimensions, but the, the basic ones that I think are familiar to most ops professionals. So company size, and, and we, we defined it by number of users, but company size, obviously an important one. Sector, we know that different sectors behave differently and have different degrees of fluency, um, particularly if you're a technology company. So sector is, is another aspect. And of course, geography, because ultimately you're going to have to translate this into a coverage model with your reps sitting in, in, in different countries and, and, and geographies. Those are kind of the bare minimum. And, and then, of course, you can, you can go and get you know, more sophisticated, but that's, that's a really good starting point for dimensions that you want to look at when you think about your segmentation model. A few others that are in the category of like, uh, you know, one level more sophisticated. One example would be high growth versus low growth companies. There are ways with the LinkedIn data to see how fast people are growing, at least growing their their employee base or their user base. So you can, again, I, I think that's more ambitious. And certainly if you're you know, if your company is larger in size and you've already done the first round of segmentation, that could be an extra layer of sophistication that I think is I think is meaningful. Yeah, I think on the high growth, low growth thing as well, I've been hearing more and more of our portfolio companies asking that sort of question simply because as we enter, I don't it's hard to know whether this is a deceleration or a downturn. People are using all kinds of different language, but as we enter what looks like a slower market, you want to be able to to assign accounts to reps that are have a higher propensity to buy and companies that are growing versus those that are shrinking in most instances, right, are gonna be are gonna be a better target for you. For sure. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But once you've built your TAM and your segmentation, the next the next layer is what I call propensity, which is like, hey, not every dollar of TAM is created equal. You know, you have a dollar of TAM at a high growth, you know, tech company that that already gets it is worth much more than a dollar of TAM at a sleepy, you know, manufacturing company where, you know, you're going to have to educate them on the, the tech landscape and, and, and the value. And so propensity is, is a key layer at the end of this process to get, you know, even more specific and to make sure, you know, your best accounts are getting to the best reps. Do you feel comfortable explaining the difference between TAM, SAM, and SOM? I know a lot of folks have questions. They're so close to each other. Yeah. I've seen so many versions of these, even at Calibra. And I think this is true for almost every company out there. We built this TAM model. And as I was socializing it internally at the company, I had to be really careful to say, hey, everybody, this is different from what we are sharing with investors, what we are sharing with with folks externally, because it's got a very specific purpose, which is all around our coverage model for this year, right? And so it doesn't speak to the broader 
more aspirational market opportunity. So there was quite a big disparity between the TAM that we built bottoms up, which is like very specific users that have been identified at each company versus this, you know, some of the more common approaches that I talked about, which is this tops down modeled view, which are typically much more aspirational. And, and a lot of investors are, are looking at those more aspirational numbers that are like, hey, what's the potential of this market over a five year term? This is more tactic, like the version of TAM that I just described is very tactical. It's got a very specific application. I have had the great luxury of being able to see a lot of companies' data in the job that I've been in for the past year. And of of the scores and scores of companies, I can only remember maybe two of them that in their CRM actually had an account TAM field in, in the database. What I'm getting at here is how visible should you make that account TAM? Is that something that's for the, the CEO, CRO, and CFO? Or is that something that you should expose to reps as well? I mean, I would say I've heard different perspectives. I'll give you mine. My perspective is that transparency is king. And, you know, again, I I come back to what are we trying to do with our coverage model? Number one is get the right resources allocated against the right opportunities. Number two is you'd like to be able to help reps do their job more effectively. And part of the way that you do that is to help them stack rank the accounts that sit in their book of business. So why wouldn't you want them to know you know, or, or be able to see in a Salesforce report, here's a list of my accounts stack ranked. It's meant to be something that helps them directionally manage their business more effectively. And so if they come in with that energy, then the transparency is helpful and productive. If they come in with a different energy, which is like, hey, my quota is not fair relative to the opportunity because you, you've overstated the opportunity at account XYZ, that's not a, a very productive and constructive use of the, of the model. But I, I choose to kind of have a more positive view on how they would use it and assume they'll use it for the best and give them as much information as they can to do their job better. I love the perspective that you've given today on how to set up a TAM model, but then even more importantly, the change management aspects and expectation setting with the account executives. We're out of time for today, but I'm going to ask you back for another episode to pick up on the thread around propensity and account allocation to reps. So Clay, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, appreciate it, Jeremy, and best of luck. Thank you for listening to the Smooth Scaling Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. For more information about the topics we discussed today, check out the Insight Partners blog at insightpartners.com slash blog. See you next time.